Welcome back to the Vanquisher's Guide podcast. I'm Bradley. I think I'm Randy. I'm pretty positive I'm Bryce. I forgot my name for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Happens to the best of us. I did have a microsecond where I was like, I'm second, right? I'm second. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) So, well, I'm my trepidation. I'm so happy to be back, even though we do this every week. Did you go somewhere? Yeah. (laughs) No, no, just back to the mic. Back to the old mic, man. He went up to the uh, Arctic to see all the new bears running around up in the Arctic Circle. You mean the the (laughs) penguins? Also the penguins. Penguins. (laughs) No, actually, I've just been pondering um, death. Uh, Don't we all? Don't we all? It's uh, it's dark. It's it's been uh, really on my mind a lot recently. Is you okay, man? Like going through a little bit of a tough time. It's actually the topic for the podcast tonight, so nothing negative. Okay, okay. is it a cry for help? Okay, (laughs) I thought for sure we were like needing to go offline and talk things through for a second. I mean, maybe, but (laughs) no. (laughs) Well. So if uh, y'all haven't, and by y'all I mean ev- everyone in Everybody that's listening, or or, or you guys, um, so you know how much I enjoy understanding thought processes before, like behind why cultures make decisions and have certain thoughts, right? Like, like I feel like quite a bit of my episodes have been about trying to understand, like break, like you know the 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 Alp episode with. Um, like the nightmare guy. I have no memory yeah. of this episode. The, the nightmare elves that, you know, people explained uh, sleep paralysis with. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that ever happened. And they yeah, just right. uh, sit on your chest and bother you with their magic hats. Yep. Yeah. Magic. Oh my yeah. gosh, I forgot about magic hat. Anyways, it doesn't Never matter. forget the magic <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so I just find that very fascinating. And so recently yeah. I'm like, you know what? Death is an interesting topic because it's something that all cultures think heavily about, right? We've talked about um, literally what last week we had a whole discussion on the Egyptian mythology of the afterlife. Yeah, True. we did a kind of dabble our toes into that, and yeah, I think you bring up a good point: is that no matter what kind of culture or society or like time period you're in death has always been a part of it in some form you know if if you're born you will eventually die it's just kind of the <laughs> so sad far or... everyone that's bo- been born oh, has died you're yeah, gonna get it's lucky 100 huh? i mean who's this maybe maybe one in a thousand one in a trillion one in a. I was gonna say one in a multiple. thousand like that's that's quite a lot that, of people we'd have a lot right of people now. living on earth man <laughs> they really just because the odds are there doesn't mean it couldn't happen where one in a trillion it's still it's never happened <laughs> Uh, I guess anything's possible. Everyone's just really, really unlucky, <laughs> except for you. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, I I would not like to live forever. That's that's a whole other topic. That just well, maybe awful. there's a bunch of immortal people, and they're just really cre- secret. They just don't tell anyone that they're immortal. You the don't Collins. know. <laughs> exactly. It's just, I guess they're they're, they're just still. De- I guess anyone. they are undead, though. That, that doesn't. Uh, we're we're digressing. So yeah. Anyway, but because so we 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 understand that like two of the biggest philosophies in almost every single culture is trying to explain 
life before earth or before like existence and life after existence. And the reason why I feel like it's so big is because it's the unknown and the unknown is terrifying. So we try to find explanations to explain that. Right. That's why, you know, we, we have such supernatural stuff for a lot of things um, in the past with um, thunder being, you know, deified and lightning being deified and your two favorite uh, examples. That's the the first examples that are always come to my head because Norse Uh mythology is by far the best mythology. (laughs) Calling back to last week, the sun (laughs) being deified. I mean, they, when you look also back on like a disease before, like people knew that it was just little tiny organisms making you sick. You know, they would think it could have been caused by a god cursing you, or totally, yeah, just uh, was it bad humors that they used to think, bad body fluids or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, bad air, bad air. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's the yeah. number one killer right here. Hate it when you get a case of bad air. <laughs> um, and we do see some societies personify these things sometimes they're gods like you were saying bryce sometimes they're what we're talking about today things like the grim reaper whoa Um, would you say he's not a god like as we know him today as we know him today he probably would be as maybe i don't know i would say he's at least a deific being i don't know if god necessarily because i feel like yeah maybe more like a demon i I feel like the word god implies some people worship him or at least a large percent, a large number of people worship him. And I don't know, maybe there are, but I feel like the number of people worshiping death is relatively small compared to most others. So Probably I don't true. know if I would say necessarily God and, or more just like deific or like powerful being, I suppose. But is he a cryptid? I mean, I <laughs> he used to be, yes, for sure. Probably. Oh. Uh... Because I'll, t- I'll talk about a story and like there's stories of him and there's actually I think only I'm going to do one story about him. But there are instances of people seeing him or her or whatever. It's so whatever it might be. Um, I would love to see a show called like Finding Death. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> instead of finding Bigfoot, just I don't, trying to track down death. Just like, I don't mean to like, be morbid, but you could probably find that pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, well, you're trying to find the person, not the event. Oh. So you'd probably be you would probably be hanging around a lot of events like that, trying to catch him in the act, but like going to like old homes and things like that, trying to find him and say, like, ah, he's gonna I could feel an energy. I know he's here somewhere. We just gotta track him down. Oh. Be like finding hauntings. You you think if you found him, like it would like be really embarrassed. Like you found I it like, like mid reaping and it'd be like really embarrassed and like blushing and like oh Honestly, you caught me. I feel like if you find death in the act, the reason no one's found death in the act is because you just die. That's just the way like <laughs> you go, ah, I, I found you. you you're find caught. Him, and he I goes, die. All right, no, you're not. <laughs> you're my next victim, so sorry. I don't know if I necessarily want to be the person searching for death, but I'd love to see other people searching or hear about other people searching for it. Yeah, I wonder if that's I wonder if there have been people that like honestly think that it's a tangible being that they can find. 
that like, yeah, I don't know. Just, like that officiates death. <laughs> Death's efficient. Sounds like a priest. I mean, hey, like um, the title. Yeah, <laughs> we we actually uh, we'll talk about that a little bit about why he what how he could be potentially like priest like. Oh, so, um, today, like I said, we we are gonna be talking about uh, talking about the Grim Reaper, but we're also just gonna be talking about different cultures personifications of death. Grim Reaper is just gonna be the big one because there's just a lot about him and he's awesome. But uh, so the Grim Reaper seems to have appeared in Europe during the 14th century. Um, it was during this time that Europe was dealing with um, the Black Death, pretty bad pandemic. If if you haven't heard about it, um, yeah, a couple of people died. <laughs> yeah, just a couple. Um, it uh, estimated it's estimated to have killed about one third of Europe's entire population. Um, certain areas were affected way more than you know, like one third of specifically of like that tiny population where a lot more people could have died. But a lot of death was happening, um, and the plague initially started in 1347. But after that initial um, instance, there was a couple more that hit back to back. Maybe every I think it was like every 17ish years almost, um, which just was absolutely brutal. And so death was definitely on the mind of people during this time period because it was all around them all the time. Yeah, for real. And so it what was seems that? That like... Was, uh, that was like early like Victorian era? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's just like a lot of, lot of unfortunate kind of like living conditions, whether that be like disease or just like unsanitary conditions just kind of led to a lot of unfortunate demises. So mm-hmm. you could definitely see how death was kind of uh always thought it could be knocking on your front door any day a little bit of a scary time oh for sure and in this time period supernatural things or supernatural explanation for things like the plague like you were mentioning earlier bryce definitely were a common occurrence we see tons of i mean the alp was a similar time period i believe it started in like the 800s but then it moved on to like early 12th 13th century i think um but we see a lot of things people trying to find um explanations to these things so we we can easily see why the green reaper or green reaper-esque beings would have been created to help people understand this so um although the grim reaper is generally devoid of religious ties the reaper is often affiliated with uh the horsemen of death in the Abrahamic faith, specifically like Christian, or sometimes more specifically Christianity, uh, one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse is um, d- death, right? And so, yeah. even though like the Grim Reaper and the Horsemen of Death are two separate beings, we do often see them kind of fulfilling the same role. So they can be, you know, sometimes be considered the same person. Um, so because of this, the Grim Reaper is often portrayed with having a pale horse whether or not he actually would have mm. i mean you got to get around somehow right yeah right yeah. why not doesn't want to walk everywhere horse. probably <laughs> yeah you got to get around it i mean to be fair the symbology of having a pale horse is pretty cool it does look neat having like the the differentiation between the two but also if we just go based off of the uh 
the show Supernatural, maybe his pale horse is just like a white car. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe he's upgraded throughout the years. You know, uh, he got like yeah. a, he got a steam train one time. Oh, there you go. He <laughs> you just know? got a pure white giant steam train. train just going through the middle of town. Yeah, or maybe like that a little, would be little awesome little boat if you're out in the ocean <laughs> or maybe uh, we're coming up on a rocket ship kind of space faring death you know i could see that there we go he's got a white Tesla now coming to your area soon the grim reaper with the mercedes <laughs> <laughs> when death goes to space <laughs> in so, space no one can hear you die uh, i will talk about a couple more stories beforehand but um we do have stories before this that have similar ideas as the grim reaper so before um this we go to if we go to like the greco-roman era so greek roman mythology we do have um someone who very much uh, resembles the grim reaper his name mm-hmm. is um thanatos he is a oh, lava uh, man um pretty pretty cool guy he was a yeah born of nyx who is a goddess of night um he was a twin and his brother was the sleep god hypnos which i feel like that's my like my deity if i'm (laughs) oh man worshiping him every night man (laughs) um also you know one brother being the like a god of death and one being the god of sleep kind of interesting like kind of cool duo but like One's like, man, I just let people have give people good dreams sometimes. Other guys like, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm goth. I'm, I'm all about death. Yeah. They both put people to sleep. One is just a little bit, uh, little, <laughs> little proactive in his job and makes it happen right. forever. Um, and so he has a very famous myth where he was captured, um, by the king of, uh, Corneth, um, in a place uh, like called cinepus i think cinepus i don't know um he was chained and bound in the castle um and because he was not able to fulfill his duty no one on earth was able to die and there was a quite an uproar within the gods but specifically the god of war Ares was quite upset because he's like yo people need to die that's like my thing and so he barged in uh uh, basically i killed and sent the king to Tartarus, the hell of hell version of Greek mythology, and freed Than- uh, Thanatos so he could uh, keep his duty going. So, um, pretty interesting how you know in- apparently important death is in society. <laughs> um, so I'd say uh, it's kind of important. Yeah, I-, I mean, like if you were to take it literal like that, you know, you think about how soon we'd be running into problems if people literally couldn't die yeah right you know yeah that, that would become problematic pretty quickly for one overpopulation another. become a big problem real quick yeah it would be not good yeah, also like, like i just find it wild like this kind of an aside but in that story like what the heck was that king doing like how the heck was sisyphus strong enough to be able to capture a god like that's Man's built different if he can oh. capture an entire god and like especially the god of death and just be like, Yeah, you just live here now. That's I mean I, I feel like this is we're kind of tackling this at like a great time because uh the Netflix show Sandman just came out. 
that's yeah, true. watching that, you know, in that show, very first episode, uh, a guy just does like a, a ritual and he binds, well, not death, but like uh, the God. I of mean, Dream he was trying to get death. Pretty, pretty akin to, to death, I'd say. So, you know, he succeeds and stuff goes very poorly from it, you know, just like this story. It's actually kind of interesting how similar those stories kind of are. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that show. So, like, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe Sisyphus was just doing a weird ritual down in his basement and then just got uh, Thanatos trapped in a glass ball for a glass ball or a pentagram or whatever he was using. Something, yeah, for a while. That's a good point. I need to watch also, that show now. That's pretty interesting. such a good show. You it's do. so it, cool. It's, it's great. great. It's got some odd like, episodes, but overall, yeah. I feel one. like it's uh, also pretty like on point for what we're talking about. They actually have like a, a display. <laughs> I was ready that. for that. I I knew. <laughs> um. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about other people's stories, but that was just a pretty one, a cool one to kind of get into the mindset of the Grim Reaper. So yeah. Now, if we get get back to where we are with the Grim Reaper. Let's, I mean, his look and aesthetic is very well known. I mean, classic, if, if, if I say Grim Reaper, you know what he, what I'm talking about, right? So, it's, it's so well known that any like media or like presence or anything like that, that diverges from it and uses a different aesthetic for it is distinct and like is strange to me. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. That's kind of so, become the new thing of death being not looking like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, for anyone that, you know, might, you know, like live under a rock or anything. So what, mm-hmm. what, what we're kind of going for when I say Grim Reaper is going to be like a skeleton guy with a black cloak over his head and like body and everything and a scythe. Mm-hmm. Gotta have that scythe, man. Um, scythe is definitely is uh, his weapon of choice or just his tool, I guess, tool of cho- choice. Um mm-hmm. And so to kind of break down why this means something and why why these things are uh, symbolic and not just kind of thrown around, right? So skeletons are symbolic of death, representing the human body after it's decayed. So he is literally death, right? Yeah. The robe is thought to be reminiscent of the robes of the, uh, that of religious figures at, of the time during oh. you know the the 1300s and, and everything. Uh-huh. Um, those the priests that would conduct uh funerary rites and services would have worn you know a, a cloak with the hood and probably like religious symbols and stuff but like very similar kind of aesthetic and then the scythe would be apt uh taken uh, an apt image of an agricultural practice of harvesting into reaping or harvesting crops and that's basically what a grim reaper does is it harvests souls kind of in a way right it yeah it, takes souls from earth to another place Uh, Mm -hmm. as some people would say he would reap you yeah Mm -hmm. yeah which is kind of neat that it's not like it isn't a weapon it's a tool like it's exactly he's not coming out here with a sword to try and like kill people he's just it's just a tool it's just a job he's just farming people (laughs) kind of of a A weird way to put it dark way of saying it but yeah and then when we get to you know other than that his his presence what he represents um is a very universal representation of demise um like i mentioned and we've already seen in one story so many cultures have 
you know, personified death, whether it be the Grim Reaper or, you know, gone by a different name like Thanatos, like Hell from Norse mythology, whatever it might be, death has been personified in so many different um, countries and cultures. Um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting as, as we go into this. So um, in British influenced and usually West European countries, the reaper or you know death is usually male or devoid of gender um, but if you go into countries and cultures that have gendered words like french and spanish the concept of death is expressly female most of the time so uh, we it's do see a lot of different cultures with female deities or you know personified versions of the grim reaper so it's pretty interesting how how language can uh be an influencing factor in that i'd be so curious to know like like why some cultures see death as male versus other cultures see it as female you know i'd love to see like where that originated but i'm not sure if there's like any straightforward answer to that i think that'd just be fascinating yeah it'd be it's interesting i i think it i mean it'd be almost impossible really to figure it out but i like you to go into the culture and just like because like what's at what point does a culture go from not having a deity of death to having one and i think it's more of an evolution kind of thing so yeah definitely yeah that is an interesting point so and then i gotta clear up some stuff on my boy the grim reaper because the grim reaper has often falsely been accused of and depicted as an evil spirit that kills mortals and preys on them when really that's just not true. A Grim Reaper isn't good or evil. It's literally just a force of nature and order. It just performs a duty of, of life and death. Um, it's duty is to claim souls of the deceased and to, uh, as it, to, to maintain balance of nature. The Reaper doesn't kill mortals. It doesn't, it's not any, it has no involvement in the killing, but guiding spirits into the next realm. It doesn't do any kind of judging. It doesn't do anything other than just be a guide. And obviously, if we get into media nowadays, that can change radically. But the yeah. original role of the Green Reaper was was this. It was a very simple, you know, non-godly role. Yeah, I guess it goes back to like how like we kind of view death, at least currently as a society, is that death is just like this un like unfortunate fact like of life that everyone will die and nobody really wants to die you know it's just kind of like this unfortunate thing that has to happen and so like you see essentially the grim reaper or death doing the deed and so you're like you kind of blame him that you're dying but really he has no choice in the matter you know he's mm-hmm. just he's just doing his job going about his his tasks yeah, and I think it's 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 interesting, right, to see different time periods, different places, how that that goes to. Because now, ask people like, is death a personification of something? Like, is does that exist? Obviously, the answer is gonna be no. But going back to where it was, how cultures react to that? Because there definitely are societies where death is something bad. I mean, um. Randy, didn't you do an episode on that dog of death? 
that dog on death what a specific name yeah i did do uh i mean there, that was part of the episode that had three different of the uh black dogs in it but yeah one of them was uh basically the the impersonation of death or, or like the version of death in that culture and that would have been and and in that instance um yeah thanks for having the actual name so that that was the the black dog is the name of the episode right Mm -hmm. it was yes uh well yeah there's also hellhounds yes which are also yeah uh, but yeah there's Um, the one episode which is three different like there's a phenomena called black dogs yeah and that's and so like that that idea of death is normally evil right where those those people are you know, it's just not a good situation when the Green Reaper, if you look at that kind of interpretation of death, is more of a... Yeah. And if not evil, at least malicious. Maybe not necessarily, like, specifically, like, looking to destroy humanity or something like that, but it, they're definitely not nice. They're definitely they're cruel and... Doing something affair. Causing pain. Yeah. For sure. Or, or discomforts, terror, anything like that. Yeah, like whether or not those people were supposed to die, it's just uh-huh. not a not a nice, yeah, or not There's a far easier approach. Yeah, far kinder ways to for someone to die rather than dragging them down into a lake and drowning them to death while you wrap <laughs> them in chains. Like there's yeah, there's nicer modes of doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So now, like, we want a story, right? Because stories are the fabric in which we keep our humanity i don't know if that's nice that's beautiful poetic (laughs) even um one of the most influential fairy tale mythologies nope fairy tale fair one of the most influential fairy tales in existence cinderella the the fairy tales uh by brothers grim oh okay if you don't know the brothers grim they're amazing i used to read their other stories as a kid and it would freak me out that is not something you should let your child read yeah they are cool stories fun fact let your kids read it because they turn out like me and it's great (laughs) i reiterate not something you should let your kids read (laughs) (laughs) um but the brothers grim have a story that is about the grim reaper um it's when the i don't know what's called it i don't know how often they like straight up like name their stories but uh it's where the grim reaper becomes a godparent um so we could we could just call this the godfather i guess <laughs> <laughs> and so the grim reaper becomes a godparent to an infant uh due to death being reliable and uh unlike the other options of de- uh, the devil and god because the devil and god are both way too chaotic and cruel and death is unbiased it is it's literally just it's a i mean everyone's gonna die we've said that multiple times during this so far is just like that's just an inevitable thing that happens so whoever this parent was chose death to be the god parent because of that reason right and so the infant grows up to become a physician and death being the great god parent gives the (laughs) the kid a enchanted glass of water which allows them to see whether the reaper is at the head of the dying person's bed or the feet of the dying person's bed. And death explains to him that if death is resting at the feet, then he can sprinkle water from the glass and cure the patient 
in question because um, if death is at the um, or because if death is at the feet, you know it's okay, and he gives he gives him permission and says that it is something curable. Right. But if death is ever at the head of a dying person, he can't do anything. That person has to die. Interesting. And yeah, interesting. the physician uses this to become a very successful physician. He uses it well and saves people, allows people to die when they need to, whatever. So by physician, all he did was just sprinkle water on people if they were going to live? Yeah, he was a like a professional water sprinkler water sprinkler <laughs> yep oh man i th- i think it would be more like oh i'm sorry your person this person has you know a really bad disease i'll see if i can help him walks them out of the room sprinkles a little bottle of water and goes oh uh, yeah i just performed this really intense surgery but should be fine. good in a couple of days <laughs> and easiest <laughs> job safe. ever meanwhile right? all the other physicians in town are like working their butts off doing everything they can also like, how long does that water last like it yeah <laughs> hopefully it's magically <laughs> infinite otherwise yeah. you're you, no, 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 real, you just have uh, to keep like adding down. water to it and you're watering it down a little bit by bit and so like, people aren't <laughs> fully recovering and by the end of it they're just like kind of getting better you have to water down the fancy water uh-huh. <laughs> uh so he does this for a while and one day he decides why not i'm gonna break my bargain break my godfather's heart and sprinkle water over this guy he was a actually not just some guy he was a king and um or a king's dying daughter and so he's like well i'm gonna Mm. gain favor with the king even though death is at the head of this girl's bed i'm just gonna save her and as death is about to claim her she wakes up and death obviously and justifiably is not really happy with the physician and he takes him to a layer that he has that is filled with candles and it represents the length of everyone's life um so like imagine a candle the 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 candlestick and wick and everything that like as it goes down that's your life going by and the physician sees his own candle and notices that his candles almost completely melted and the physicians just like basically like, gets on his knees and like pleads and was like godfather of death please uh move my fire to someone else with with a longer candlestick so i can live longer and death decides to yeah, that's pretty i'm doing hand quotations over here decides to teach mm-hmm. him a lesson and just knocks the candle over and the physician dies wow <laughs> and uh so that's the story <laughs> there's there's not a good ending Imagine if like death just spun around too fast and his cloak just knocked over like a hundred right. candles. <laughs> that's that's how pandemics happen. Right, oh, yeah. no. Moves a little bit too fast, causes a wind in the uh, chamber, and just like five <laughs> candles go out, and he's like, "Ooh, <sighs> my bad, <laughs> sorry guys." Uh, yeah, like candles. The, the most side. got extra candles for those alive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's when he start goes out and starts making deals. Like I can give you some extra time on your life if you want. And they're like, "Wow, how did you come across like extra time?" And he's like, mm, "Don't ask." I'm clumsy. <laughs> <laughs> I just I got to make sure all these candles are burnt down completely. And so when whoever comes to check checks, I got to make sure they're all gone. So just take the deal. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that's that's definitely one of my favorite stories of the Grim Reaper, um, and yeah, it's definitely creepy. Yeah, yeah. And then there's, you know, I mean, 
a lot. I was going to say, I don't know why I was going to say decades worth. That's not what I meant. There's, there is, there's, digits. there's digits, um, multiple digits of examples of media presence. That's not what I was. That's an also, I would argue, maybe even weirder <laughs> version of saying that phrase. There's an ample amount of examples go. in media of the Grim Reaper. Oh, man. That's, he's everywhere, honestly. He's everywhere. And he, you know, I, I'd say, I think you mentioned this, Randy, a little bit earlier, but in older media, he definitely fell more in line with this idea of the Grim Reaper. Yeah. And as time has gone by, we definitely see that change into mm-hmm. a ton of different ideas which is totally cool i have no problem with it um it's just definitely weird to not see a skeleton guy with a scythe instead of you know you see some like pasty guy in a suit who like dr- drives around like satan I'm pretty <laughs> sure. isn't isn't that the oh, or is that the horseman I mean, that's in uh, Supernatural Death. I mean, Death Death is one of the horsemen, and he uh, is very much a, like, skinny, like, pale guy in a suit that drives around in a white, I think it's a Lincoln, or, like, a a white car. Yeah, it's kind of like a fancy, like, old school, like, Uh, white car. He's got a cane and everything. He's very suave, as they say. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he's pretty cool. So, instead of going, you know, talking about media, presences of the grim reaper which is so boring and it's ex- probably what you guys expected me to do instead we're gonna go all around the world to different cultures and talk about their versions of the grim reaper and or you know the personified version of death so you say i spent all that time brushing up on all of the media iterations of the death for nothing <laughs> all the three minutes before the podcast i now yeah. know everything about death in all forms of media and i've got nothing to do with it <laughs> nothing to show what a waste um so I'm we're gonna start um in latin america because that's the first one that i started doing um so um i did mention this before but in the case of many romance languages uh, talking about like french portuguese italian so similar to that, we have a lot of uh, the word of death and the meaning of death is very is normally feminine, right? So in Spanish, the word for death is uh, muerte, uh, which is a feminine noun. And as such, it is common in Spanish speaking countries for the person of uh, personified version of death to be a female figure. So we have um, in Aztec mythology. Do you, when you guys want to pronounce the word, you were practicing a little bit more than me. You got this. I believe in you. Oh no. Um Mikekchuatl? Nope. Um someone wanna try? Mikechuatl? I that's yep. like basically the same thing that you said. Okay. I I so I've forgotten this this lost it being all. um translated to the queen of uh Mictlan It's the Aztec underworld. Aztec underworld. Uh, she rules uh, over the afterlife with her husband, with a similar name. Um, she's also been called the Lady of the Dead, as her role includes keeping watch over the bones of the dead. Um, she was represented with a, or represented by a fleshless body, and with a jaw like a gape uh, to swallow the stars during the day. 
She presided over the ancient festivals of the dead, which evolved from Aztec traditions to our modern day uh, Day of the Dead um, that we do see in current day Spanish cultures. Oh, that's pretty cool. That is very cool. Man, that's so like awesome. She just swallowed the stars during the day <laughs> just because? Or... I wonder if they taste good. Well, I what yeah, the I mean, stars like, taste like. It's, it's their interpretation of how like, you can't see stars during the day, right? right. So, like, Why they're gone. Uh, it's probably it probably tastes like spicy hydrogen, man. <laughs> I for some reason I expected them to be like minty, really like minty. cold, minty like, fresh, white. Yeah, like I, they could like, more like cinnamon. Interesting, cinnamon. Cinnamon yeah. is a very red flavor in my mind. It's a very red flavor. Maybe that's yeah. because of like hot tamale candies. Perhaps, yeah, but... probably. I've honestly never once in my life thought about what a star the idea of a star would taste like so i'm glad yeah. you guys have she she probably didn't either until she had one so yeah, until she did, she's like, these are delicious <laughs> i can't tell if they're minty or cinnamony but they're great it's something in between <laughs> maybe it's um, mintamin and then we had mintamin to modern or not modern day mexico but mexican folklore we have um Santa Muerte, um, the Lady of Holy Death, is a female deity or folk saint in Mexican folklore um, whose popularity has been growing in Mexico and the United States even in recent years. Um, since the pre-Columbian era, uh, Mexican culture has maintained certain reverences towards death as seen for the widespread uh, day of Day of the Dead, which we just mentioned. Um, we also <clears throat> go to... Uh, we have... Uh, La Calavera Cantria, Cantrina um, is a character symbolizing death and is also an icon of uh, the Day of the Dead. Mm. So definitely if we look at Spanish cultures, we see a lot of reverence towards death and people who have passed on. So it, it does make a lot of sense that we do see some uh, and, and yeah, do see people being personified as death deities um that's interesting it, that like she's at like saint level you know right yeah, yeah. It's just like because if I, I i swear i saw like a, a news thing on this once and it was actually pretty fascinating because like you can get like candles that depict like you know like how they have like saint oh, yeah. candles mm-hmm. and stuff you can get like some with like her on it as well and, like just, uh, other things so it's just kind of pretty fascinating that's really cool yeah and with her being the like the symbol for the day of the dead i was curious if there's like an actual canonical like visual associated with her if like there's a specific person or like look that is with her and it looks like it's just like the classic like skeleton uh day of the dead kind of person like there is a bunch of pictures that all look very similar of like a woman in a day of the dead kind of outfit and it being a skeleton, but it doesn't really Dang. look like it's all that more specific than that, which okay. just kind of curious, curious if there was anything more particular, like any uh, callbacks to the normal Grim Reaper in her outfit or anything like that, but doesn't seem to be just interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. Not gonna lie, with these I didn't go too into into depth. Yeah, this is this is very surface level Google image searching. <laughs> yeah. There could be more than I realized, but that's just 
from what I saw on Google. It's like, oh, that's right. a good shake. So kind of their own thing, which is cool. Next, we're going to cross the ocean a little bit, just a few steps away. Go to Japanese culture. Um, and they have the uh, Kojiki. Probably pronounce that wrong. Kojiki. Yep. Um, which relates to the goddess um, Izanami. Uh, who was burnt to death, giving birth to a fire god. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. Um, and she entered a realm of perpetual night called Yomi no Kuni. Um, her husband uh, pursued her to try to find her. And when he discovered her, she no longer looked like beautiful and who she was before because she was burnt to death. Yeah, um, do that apparently too. they have an argument and she promised that she would take a thousand lives every day and take Brutal. on the role of goddess of death. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's her. There's also a um, death god called uh, Shinigami. Um, oh yeah, which are closer mm-hmm. to the Western tradition of the Grim Reaper, where he um, was just the arbiter arbiter of death. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar yeah. with those. You know those guys from Death Note, at least. You know it. Oh, true. They were in Death Note. I don't know how accurate that. Yeah. Like they really did their own thing with it. I'm sure, but probably not 100. Yeah, the original base lore is to like how much they this this uh they weren't really a thing in their actual mythology. This is definitely more Uh, of a modern interpretation. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. So. It's probably more accurate than you'd think because it's it's not a ancient belief, right? So it's it's accurate because it's kind of half the reason that the creature exists. Yeah. So that makes sense. Uh, and, and then we're gonna go down to India, and obviously I'm skipping a lot of countries. There's a lot of countries that exist. I'm just kind of going over a few of them that I decided. But I mean, really, you could go to every single country, every single culture that's ever existed, and and find them. Yeah, uh, there's like so in India. Thousands. Um, in Sanskrit, uh, we have the word death, which is mrityu, um, sure, uh, which is basically the personified uh, dharmic religion, death. So, okay. In the Hindu scriptures, the Lord of Death is called King Yama, which is also interesting because in China, uh, Yama is also associated with death. So, pretty cool it's connection there. And that's because of similar religions actually so pretty cool um so he is known as king of karmic justice so as one's karma at death was considered to lead to a just rebirth so yama rides a black buffalo and carries a rope lasso to lead the souls back to its home called um naraka um, and there's also a couple other names. There are many forms of reapers, although some say that there's only one and he disguises himself differently. And he can even describe like a lot of oftentimes describes himself as a small child. So Ooh, he does have other agents. One of them is uh, the Yama Dudas, who carries souls back to Yamalok. Um, basically, what we're getting at here is it's their idea of death because they do believe in forms of reincarnation, um, it has all to do with karma. And so depending right. on how you lived, if you lived a good life, um, or if you had to you know, performed bad deeds and stuff, um, 
would depend on how you were treated and how right. well you were treated after death. The balance um, of these Ds allows Yama to decide where your soul should reside in the next life following the theory of reincarnation. Um, Yama is also mentioned in the Mahabharata um, as a great philosopher and devotee of the Supreme Brahman. Um, if if you ever want a super deep, intense, and eye-opening experience, learn about the Hindu religion. It is absolutely fascinating. Um, I've only dipped my toes in, and it's there's ab- there's so much to learn. Interesting. Yeah, it sounds so, like there's whole now. Thing to it. Oh, there is. So now, going back in time to the twelfth, thirteenth century, we have the Canaanites. So nice. Um, sorry, twelfth century, twelfth and thirteenth century BC. Oh, so, so very like long time forever ago. ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're wondering, oh, I think I've heard of Canaanites before. You've probably, if you read the Bible, you've probably heard of the Canaanites. <laughs> Or if you know anything about the Middle East history also. Anyways, so we have the personified death as the god Mot. Um, he is considered the son of the king of gods, El. Um, and he his contest with the storm god uh, Baal, or Baal uh, forms part of the myth cycle. Um, and he is... Um, then we get into like the Judaism and we have people worshiping a god under the name of Mot, and a version of Mot later becomes Maweth, which is the devil or angel of death. Oh, so okay. pretty interesting. Um, I will get back to Judaism in a little bit um, when we talk about a little bit more about religions. That's interesting um, that he like contests with the storm god. I wonder what what beef he kind of has with them. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I honestly canaanite mythology is super uh it's pretty interesting because a lot of christian mythology comes from the canaanites uh, um, interesting. yeah because like yahweh is a god in canaanite mythology so right who and yahweh for everyone else is the christian god what spoilers i haven't gotten to the end of the bible yet <laughs> dang it sorry what the heck uh, man it just came out so recently now we're going to europe uh, to Latvia. So um, the name for death there is Valumat. Um, but for the Lithuanians, it is uh, gil- guillotine, which I don't know if is anything to do with guillotines. But yeah, I was, I was <laughs> just wondering if that was pretty similar. I wonder if there um, is but it derives from the word uh, guilte is to sting, so you know, gil- guillotines kind of sting your neck a little bit, right? Yeah, I would say that's a big sting. <laughs> I um, mean, guilty. I, I think people that have had close brushes with death might it might say it might sting a little, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in in Europe, uh, we do see kind of it come back to being a little bit more feminine with guillotine being viewed as an old uh, woman with a long blue nose and deadly poisonous tongue. The legend tells that guillotine, uh, there are some legends that say guillotine was a young, pretty girl who, you know, whatever, until she was trapped in a coffin for years and became like deformed and into who she was now. Um, and apparently her sister was the goddess of life and destiny, uh, Lima, huh. uh, symbolizing the relationship between the beginning and the end, which is pretty interesting. A cool dichotomy to have between siblings, but mm-hmm. like 
also what the heck like a messed up to trap somebody in a coffin for seven years but also yeah. like theoretically wouldn't that technically have the same problem as what they did in greece where like they've got death trapped for how long how like does that mean people weren't dying for seven years like she's just stuck in a box it's a crazy (laughs) seven years man Uh, right you imagine like everyone's like yo like nobody can die this is awesome and they're just like going crazy having tons of fun like doing stupid things and then one one guy's like no 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 no, no. like you could die you guys are just dumb like you don't know what you're talking finally he decides to try it and that's the day that she gets out (laughs) <laughs> like, oh. oh no or he got, like finally like gets out after being trapped for years and just has to work like overtime man gotta make up on yeah. all those years <laughs> she's like ah oh, you guys all died years ago you just didn't know it yet and just trying to catch up <laughs> she's like killed like half oh the my population. gosh <laughs> rough oh no you were supposed to have uh four different plagues so yeah. good luck yeah. let's so just drop them a... all at once and that's how we got the black plague it's just tons right. of terrible plagues all in one um and then we're gonna go to some Kel- celtic regions um what we're gonna do two from there so in breton folklore um we have a spectral figure called anku um which is a i think a welsh word uh, or sorry well welsh it's angu Anyways, he uh, is the portrayal of death, and um, usually Anku is the spirit of the last person that died within a community, and it appears as a tall, haggard figure with a wide hat and long hair, um, or usually sometimes uh, a skeleton with a revolving head, which is Sounds super obnoxious. <laughs> like, can you and... imagine if your head was just constantly spinning? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he drives a deathly wagon or cart with a creaking axle the car or wagon is piled high with corpses and stops at cabin uh when it stops at a cabin that means instant death for those inside brutal which if we look at this it could be an early representation of the headless horseman yeah this is oh, i was true. gonna say this is kind of hearkening back to our headless horseman episode in which i think yeah. both of yeah. these kind of figures are based in like similar lore yep, yeah that's they are. true this could be an early representation. Interesting. And then we go to the Gaelic uh, mythology or lore, um, and we have a very well-known female spirit known as a banshee. Um, oh, they true, are yeah. heralds of death, um, but and normally represented as a woman who's like constantly shrieking and, you know, like moaning Myrtle is who I would consider a banshee. <laughs> yeah, 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 basically, basically. yeah. <laughs> Um, the banshee is often described as wearing red or green, usually with long, uh, disheveled hair. She can appear in a variety of forms, typically that of an ugly, uh, frightful hag. But in some stories, she appears as a young, beautiful woman. Uh, some tales recount that the creature was actually a ghost, often a specific murdered woman or mother of child of of someone who died in childbirth. Um, when several banshees appeared at once, it's said to indicate the death of someone great or holy yeah. uh, and then obviously i'm going to include scandinavia you gotta and, do uh, it man. in norse mythology we have the personification of death in the shape of the goddess hell um she is the ruler over the realm of hell which i need to clarify every time i bring it up is not like the christian hell it is just a place where people die it's a portion of the population that, that goes that doesn't go to valhalla but Hall is just for warriors and there's multiple different places that the people can go hell is just one of them right it's only and one her, hell 
you know that yeah. other l makes so a huge different. difference so different <laughs> yeah <laughs> and her um, whole stick her like entire persona is just that like being able to throw swords right that's her whole thing. Oh, totally, totally. Oh, that's uh-huh. hell. Uh. That's such a, such oh, yeah, a that's hell. Uh. The, uh makes all the difference uh, in that case. <laughs> it's so confusing. How do you keep track? Um, but then we go further past Norse mythology into the times where the Black Plague hit Scandinavia. Death would often be depicted as an old woman known by the name of Pesta, meaning plague hag, wearing a black hood. She would go into town carrying a rake or a broom. If she had a rake, some people would survive the plague, but if she brought a broom, everyone was going to die. Dang. Oh, Which what an odd distinction. Creepy. But it's pretty cool that how close this is to like the Grim Reaper, you know, with his scythe. Yeah, uh, true. That's where you just I, put I up a sign at the door, just no rakes allowed. Problem solved. <laughs> Burning all the rakes like a, like, what is that, Cinderella? Mm-hmm. Or I guess you would pr- nope. probably prefer rakes over brooms. Aurora? So you just say no Aurora. brooms allowed. <laughs> i wonder if the the grim reaper you know he maybe carries around like a, a shovel you know when he's not yeah. reaping yeah <laughs> you know, when we only see him with the scythe because when that we see is, him it's because we're dying that's yeah. in his working hours when he's off the clock he's just got a shovel or maybe, maybe some dumbbells you know just getting oh, there you go. <laughs> he's always um, carrying something and then we're gonna get into the abrahamic religions because why not I mean, you and gotta do it, man. We gotta do it. And so this is, you know, because I had mentioned that the Grim Reaper isn't normally referred to in the the religious sense. How do religions, apart from, you know, as as because culture and religion do oftentimes coexist, but when they don't, how does specifically religion see and personify death? In uh, the Bible is going to be mostly where we're looking at for the next couple things in second kings 1935 it talks about the angel of the lord smiting apparently 185,000 men in an assyrian camp uh a lot of we dude, have just, just a few i have absolutely no idea if during that time period that many people you know would exist in a <laughs> single camp but whatever it's fine it's fine it's fine that's like that's not a camp that's a city like <laughs> that's a lot of people <laughs> that's an entire nation yeah seriously like geez get your like perspective right what kind of camp is uh, a ten, like a hundred thousand people nearly two hundred thousand people that's when i went to scout camp there was only maybe two thousand right <laughs> What a camping trip these guys are going on. Man, this place was bumping all night long. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, I wonder if in like uh like monotheistic religions, you know, is that like the god that is over everything just handles death, you know, it's just one of his many his or her or its many duties. Whereas in like where you have polytheistic religions, they probably delegate that to a particular being, right? Well, apparently this looks like it's delegating towards an angel. Well, I wonder if it's like, you know, the god in this this case just has like his favorite worker, you know, oh. so buying for a promotion. Yes, and he's like, yes. oh, yeah, you know, go, go smite like 285,000. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got this. Here, right. Here's the holy sword, you know, take it, just smite him. <laughs> here's the holy sword. Um, speaking of holy swords. We have uh, in Exodus twelve twenty three, apparently the uh, angel of death passes through to smite the Egyptian firstborn 
kids of every Egyptian, right? And then God prevents the destroying angel from entering the houses with uh, blood on the lintel, the top part of the post of the door and the sides of the door. Right. Yeah. Um, so that angel of death had the, the sword of death or the holy sword or whatever you called it. Um, and then in Second Samuel twenty four sixteen, we have the destroying angel rages among the people of Jerusalem. Wow, which uh, doesn't have a number, but um, apparently the angel was not happy with. He's raging. That's that sounds like a high number. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was just three very unlucky people. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, maybe it was yeah, that, people. or no one actually dies. They were just having a rager. Ooh. Oh, I know. Maybe maybe just some people had to listen to some very long winded, you know, <laughs> yes. just an angel very fed up with his uh, his heavenly duties. Uh, but to really make sure, because I mean, there is a holy sword in First Chronicles twenty one fifteen. The angel of the Lord is seen by King David standing between the earth and the heaven, having a drawn sword in his hand stretched out over Jerusalem. So well, there is a holy sword, right? Like that's terrifying. <laughs> Maybe he's doing um, like the oh oh. Am I gonna drop it? Oh. Am I gonna kill everyone in Jerusalem? Let's find out. <laughs> Come back next week. <laughs> Come back next week. Uh, I don't think I will. Thank you there very much. I think um, I'm gonna run. In the book of Job, thirty-three twenty-two um, uses the general term destroyers, which tradition has identified with destroying angels. Um, and then in Proverbs sixteen fourteen, the term of angels of death, the angel Azrael is sometimes referred to as the angel of death as well. Yeah, I remember him from Diablo, I think. Um, he's in Diablo. He's also oh, yeah. in the show Lucifer. See, that would be requiring me to have seen that show. That's a good show. A good show and worth watching. No, so. that's a good show. That's a good <laughs> that's show. Fair. It's just, uh, I don't know. Um, and then we're going to go to more Jewish traditions. Uh, Jewish tradition also refers to the angel of death. Sorry, the, refers to death as the angel of dark and light, a name which stems from the uh, Talmudic lore, um, also referencing um, Abaddon, the destroyer, an angel who is known as the angel of the abyss. In uh, Talmudic lore, he is characterized as the archangel Michael. Really? I didn't realize those were the same, one and the same. I have heard of the angel or the the being Abaddon, but and I didn't really also like... Michael. So right, yeah. I always so just affiliated them as being two separate entities. So yeah, unlike really very severely opposite ends of the spectrum. But yeah, yeah <laughs> very. dang, that's fascinating. It goes to show you how well Diablo got things right. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the Islamic faith, we have the archangel Azrael um, as well is um, the Malk al-Mut, the angel of death. Um, he and his many subordinates pull the souls out of bodies and guide them through the journey of the afterlife. Their appearance depends on the person's dead uh, deeds and actions with those with good deeds seeing um, something beautiful. And then people that have done wrong, they see horrific monsters. So really what we're getting at here and I'll uh, kind of like tying this in, in one beautiful knot is that, I mean, look at it. I mean, we look at the Abrahamic religions today as so different, right? Everyone just is, you know, there's wars because of religion just between these three. And we have tons of people like 
you know, talking about how different they are, but really we look at all this and how similar it is. We look at how people have depicted and personified death in all of these different cultures. And yeah, while there are some differences, all of them have personified death and very commonly they are, there's commonality between them. And it just shows how it doesn't matter if it was thousands and thousands, if not tens of thousands of years ago, and now how similar and alike we are because we all still don't understand and don't know what comes after. And we're still trying to answer that question. Right. So be like me and just think about death more often. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I, I do think that there is like some value in coming to terms with the fact that like everybody will die. You know, it's it's a pretty sad thought to think about a lot of the time. But at the same time, you know, it's it's just part of life. And after all, life is life is beautiful, and it's and it it's definitely a thing. You it is a thing. Say that. Yeah, like, I think I'd prefer to come to terms with that in uh, several decades. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'll live I'm... in my uh, ignorance for right now. But really, it just yeah, just it's a very cool subject, and uh, we could we could have gone in way more depth with the Grim Reaper, like I said, talking about media appearances and more yeah. modern aspects of that. We could have gone way more into depth about banshees and stuff, but maybe we'll do another damn. I just I think it's cool to see the commonality between all of this, and similarly, I like seeing the commonality between all of our episodes because we were able to reference so many of them today, so make sure yeah. you check out all of our old episodes too if this is the first one you're listening to and if anyone that you know is interested in death or the Grim Reaper totally send them this episode because it's great yeah, it's kind of funny how they're all starting to link together all of our episodes it's like we planned it from the beginning yeah, yeah. <laughs> also make sure you check out our twitter it is yes. uh, vanquishers pod and our yes. tiktok vanquishers guide and just keep on listening we absolutely love doing this yeah thank you all Very so much. much for listening and uh for everything that you guys do yeah and we'll catch y'all next week